Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Hard Foul Radio. This is the show, The Values Time, so let's not waste any. Sometimes, a lot of times, actually, most of the times, adults overcomplicate things. We do. I do it. You do it. Your parents did it. Your grandparents did it. We all overcomplicate things. Sometimes you've got to go back to being a kid or the way that we teach kids, which is the simplest ways possible. And a lot of time that shit not only makes sense, it stays true for long periods of time. Do you remember how you got graded in middle school? Not in terms of your actual A, B, C, D, F, but the way that we accounted for how you did over periods of time, that kind of grading. We did it in trimesters. You had your first trimester, your second trimester, and your third trimester. Now, they weren't weighed exactly equal. Your first trimester generally has less homework. So your first trimester grade, and I was this child, you kind of get away with, well, I've got all A's and B's. I also haven't done that many assignments, but you know, I've got all A's and B's. That's good, right? All A's and B's. Then your second trimester is really like the meat of your of your school year, right? This is where you're going to have the most collective group of tests, quizzes, assignments, homework. Like that's really going to be the meat of it. That's we're going to really pretty much find out what kind of student you are. And in my case, a lot of times it's a bad one. Then you have your third trimester, how you finish. And how you finish is going to a lot of times depend on how well you've done. If you've been an A student all year, don't tell kids this, but you don't really have to stress the end of your year nearly as much. Versus if you're me and you've had D's most of the year, you really got to stress those last couple of tests. You really have to stress those last couple of assignments. You really have to stress those last couple of quizzes because your grade will now depend on it because they are more heavily weighed because you were not as productive and or as good with your assignments and your quizzes and your grades throughout the entirety of your school year. And a lot of that is very similar and it's very simple, but that's really similar to how we really should view the NFL season. Put it into trimesters. I understand you can't go a full six, or you can't go a perfect split it into three. But let's do six for your first trimester, six for your second trimester, and six for your third trimester. And let's think about how we would rate teams. Well, right now we're in the first trimester. You're coming off preseason. Everybody treats preseason differently. Some, but some teams play all the guys. Some teams play nobody. Some teams are coming into the season with holdouts. Some teams are coming to the season with injuries. It's really shaky those first five to six weeks. We don't really know what's going on. We don't have that much to go off of. There's not that many homework assignments. There's not that many quizzes. There's not that many tests. So, yeah, there's a bunch of teams that are one and one, two and oh, oh and two. I mean, those are the only three records you can be. But do we really feel confident about every two and oh team? No. And there's going to be people who go on the radio, who go on their own podcast, who go on the internet and tell you, 
this is the best 2-0 team, this is the worst 2-0 team, when the reality is we don't really know. I had A's and B's my first month of the school year because I didn't have that many assignments. I was a lying 2-0, and I guarantee you when it happens every year, somebody that's 2-0 right now will miss the playoffs. It'll happen. Somebody that's 1-1 will win their division. And somebody that's 0-2 will make the playoffs. That's how this goes. Think about it. Who, if you're looking at it just from a standings perspective, are we just so confident in how the early season has played out that these are your playoff teams, by the way. If we are just so confident the beginning of the season is how great these teams are, we have... The Cowboys, Niners, Packers, and Falcons is your division winners in the NFC, right? Well, now we need to go to wild cards. Well, how are we going to determine the wild cards? Well, you need tiebreakers, as we, as a lot of you gamblers learned from Sean McVay this weekend. We need tiebreakers. We need division wins. So, let's go. We have the Eagles at 2-0, the Commanders at 2-0. We have the Saints at 2-0. And we have the Buccaneers at 2-0. Well, the Buccaneers have no division win. The Saints just got one. So they have 1-0 in the division. So they would be potentially in it. Well, the Washington Commanders, do they have a division win? No. The Eagles? No. So we got one division win amongst this, which is the Saints. So the Saints are in. The Saints are a playoff team. This I just want you guys to understand. This, this is how like it looks right now if we just think that this is – we want to base our judgments off of – and I get it. We're all fans. We're all, we all get excited. We're all hyped up because our team's 2-0. Everyone likes to tweet out, oh, tweet if your team's 2-0. Huh? Okay, tweet if your team's 0-2. Huh? Anyway, so the Saints are the only team we have as a wild card, right? Then we got to go Eagles, Commanders, and Bucks. Points four. Buccaneers have the fewest amount of points. So the Eagles, Commanders, and Saints, those are your teams. And also, by the way, if we're going off these projections, we have seven teams in the NFC who are going undefeated. I'm sorry, six. No, seven, seven. The Buccaneers are going to go undefeated but not make the playoffs. It's great. Great, great way we did this. In the AFC, okay, the Dolphins, the Raiders, the Ravens, and the Jaguars. Those are your division winners. Steelers at one and one. We have a bunch of one and one teams. I'm not going to try to sit there and break them all down. But, like, think about this. This is why you know, like, it's real simple how we're going to figure out about these teams. A, we don't know anybody right now. The Broncos are on two. And that's the team I obviously follow the closest. There is a realistic chance, maybe not a great one, but it's realistic. They could beat the Dolphins this week. The Dolphins, this is a typical trap game, quote unquote. The Dolphins, 2-0 on the road, getting all these compliments, high scoring offense. What if they lay an egg against Denver and Denver beats them to get their first win of the season? 
everybody's going to come out next week and say, ah, see, the Dolphins weren't really that great. Yeah, we know they're 2-0. They got two wins on the road, and Tyreek Hill looked like the best player in the league, but they're really not that great. They just lost to Denver. In the words of Aaron Rodgers, relax. This is just the first trimester. And reality is, it's the worst trimester to get an actual grade and base how your student and or team is going to do. That's why they gave you three trimesters. Weeks 7 through 13, as teams are going through their bye, as teams are going playing their division, as teams are really getting into the quote-unquote meat of their schedule. I know, Cameron, pause, haha. That's when we're going to find out who these teams are. Everybody coming out the gate saying, oh, well, they're 2-0, so they're great. Oh, they're 0-2, so they're bad. We don't know. Keep it simple, stupid. They used to judge us on trimesters. Judge some of your favorite teams on trimesters. Trust me, it'll help you. Save you some stress. Just a Spent. Nigga, where am I going? Drop the foe with my cup, now I'm floating. I can't feel a thing, to be real, I just go through the motions. Where am I going? Nigga, I'm in deep like the ocean. I've been in my bag, everybody around me, I'm ghosting. Where am I going? Drop the foe with my cup, now I'm floating. I can't feel a thing, to be real, I just go through the motions. Where am I going? And we are back. Appreciate you guys joining us on this wonderful Wednesday. So I try to make my power rankings uh, our hard, foul, hallowed hallway, some might call. Uh, try to do them on Wednesdays. I want to give myself a full at least 24 hours removed, even from Monday night football before coming in here and giving you the quote-unquote top teams, the teams that I believe are the best in the league, because we're all fans of the game. We're all a little too hyperbolic. We're all a little too in the moment. Um, and so coming off the trimester segment, I think it's important to say, most of these are pretty consistent with how I felt in the offseason with some slight tweaks, uh, injuries play a factor, uh, some, you know, startling early season performances do play a factor. Well, I do think you have to give each of these teams and every team realistically about five or six games, some minor exceptions. Uh, I, the Cardinals stink. Like, I wouldn't have to worry about them. I know they, I thought they stink coming into the season. They have played like it. So, if they were a team I was judging, which we are talking about them later today as well, I don't have to worry too much about that, right? Not a whole lot of information has changed. I just got a lot of really convincing confirmation. And with these teams, something very similar. thought these teams were going to be great coming into the season, and I got a lot of convincing confirmation that they are going to remain great. Uh, so yeah, let's just start. So right outside of the hallway, guys, who the teams that aren't quite able to open the doors yet, uh, it's the Bills and Dolphins. And I want to be very clear here. While I'm not as down on Josh Allen as I think most of the world is, uh, I still think he has top five potential. And I think his A game is still as good as anybody's A game in the NFL, including Patrick Mahomes. With that said, though, his F game is really bad. And we saw that in week one. His F game is really, really bad. Uh, yes, they did just beat the Raiders 38-10. to you almost want to see the Bills get on a, a winning streak of close games where they're not turning the ball over. Like, we know they can blow teams out. They're a great downhill team. When they get up, they just they have some of the most obnoxious 
end-of-game scoreboards of any team in professional football. 38-10 to 10 being a prime example. They're going to do that four or five times this year. But you don't want to see that along with three or four of what they did in week one against the Jets. So if you see that, you don't really feel like you're getting a whole lot of progress. You want to see consistency out of this team, which is really weird to ask a team that you potentially think is great that you want to see consistency out of. Um, but you do. You need to see consistency out of them. Uh, the other team that's not quite ready to open the door to get in the hallway to start walking down is the Dolphins. And I've said this. I know they're 2-0. I know the offense looks amazing. I know Mike McDaniel looks like he's a genius. I know Tyreek Hill potentially looks like the best player in the sport at times. And Tua's look great. But, man, I said this on the preview show. I just can't put all of – I really can't put any stock into the Dolphins because of the nature of Tua's injury. And it's really unfair – because it's not like he tried to do it. It's not like he wanted this special exemption. But the fact is, he has the one injury that is not only very apparent and noticeable from a fan standpoint. The NFL is looking at him day in, day out, every single game. And they are extra monitoring this player because of the type of injury. Because the NFL is terrified of a guy getting Tua's kind of injury and it's spinning. So, well, I think the Dolphins have looked great. I think they deserve all the praise, the adulation, like all that stuff. is It's it's great. And I, you know, it sucks that this is the reason why I can't put them in my top five and I probably won't rank them the entire season is because I just don't, I don't know what to expect with Tua. I have no idea what to expect. I have no idea when it's going to go downhill, but that potential is there for him more than any other quarterback in the league. So it's unfortunate. It sucks. But that's just the situation that they're in. So I can't quite put the Dolphins in this top five. By the way, if you're new here for our hallway, I only ever let five teams in the hallway because I truly am a believer and there's only ever four or five teams who are truly in Super Bowl contention. And that's the only teams you really want to talk about. So that's what it is. Uh, at number five, I have the Baltimore Ravens. Coming into the season, I had the Bengals and I had the Bengals winning the division. I had a winning by a game. Uh, if you go listen to our preview show, Tony had the Ravens obviously by game shocker. Uh, but this is where I said that very convincing confirmation. Joe Burrow is not right. Uh, he most likely does not play Monday. And because that they did rush him back and that's been kind of proven with his play that while I was very high on the Bengals and I thought, I think Joe Burrow is the second best quarterback in the NFL when he's healthy it's a very key thing, but he's not healthy. And I think the Ravens, while I thought there was going to be somewhat of a struggle learning a new offense, um, I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan, but sometimes the fandom does overtake the reality, which is, I know we love to say Lamar's unanimous MVP, but that's now several years removed from being a unanimous MVP. He's coming off an injury into a new offense. I thought it was going to look weird and clunky at first. Uh, and even with Odell being hurt, Zay Flowers looks every bit as good as they said during camp. Uh, Lamar, like I said, is still a top-flight quarterback. Even if he is several years removed from the MVP, uh, this defense is always going to be good. Baltimore's always going to have a great defense. It's just, like, ingrained in their DNA as a franchise. Uh, and with the Bengals falling out and the Ravens looking very convincing against a, while yes, you could argue a hurt Cincinnati team because of Joe Burrow's condition, they did that themselves while being down several players. So 
the Ravens not even fully healthy have an argument as a top five, and if they get fully healthy, we'll have an argument as a top three team in the NFL. Number four, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I'm a Cowboy hater. Uh, I don't know why necessarily. I think it was just fun, and I got into it when I was a kid of being a Cowboy hater, so I'm still a Cowboy hater. Uh, but Micah, Par- <clears throat> excuse me, Micah Parsons is really good. Trayvon Diggs looks like he's no longer getting beat on double routes. Like he is reading receivers. He's not just reading the quarterback and going for interceptions. Like he is becoming a more complete player. And even getting beat, there was a really strong argument that he was a top five corner. If he's no longer getting beat on these double moves and these hitch routes, he's legitimately a top five corner and arguably a top three corner. This defense is legit. I understand They haven't played necessarily world beaters at the quarterback position. Both the New York teams, the Giants and Jets, Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, aren't exactly, you know, the same kind of quarterbacks you're going to see in the playoffs necessarily, even though Daniel Jones did just make the playoffs. This defense is legit. Um, And that's with Dak not having to do much, which I think is perfect because Dak will have people get this really, this really weird, confused narrative around Dak. And whether you like him as a person or not, that's to your own. But Dak has a lot of 400-yard games. Dak has a lot of 350-plus yard games. Dak, while he is probably while the team is at its best, he is a game manager, but he is absolutely good for five or six win-the-game-for-us type of performances a year. And when you already have two wins because the defense dominated and Micah Parsons is a fucking alien – and then you know you're still going to get five or six Dak games a year. That's seven, eight wins. Then your defense is probably good for another three or four wins. This is a potential 13, 14-win team and is potentially going to press the two other teams I think are better than in the NFC for one of those, uh, press them for the number one seed. Like There is real potential here. Dallas gets a number one seed. And if you have to go through Dallas, not that they have the scariest home field environment, the way this defense is playing, the way if they get to keep this up, the Cowboys, like I said, I'm a Cowboy hater, but you can't take this away from them. They're right now a top five team. I thought they were going to be good coming into the season. Or not, I'm sorry. This this is my one big flip. I apologize. I went ahead on my notes here. This is one of my flips is that I was not as high on them as a bunch of other teams. Uh, I actually had, uh, ironically, I had the Commanders. Uh, doing really well in the division because of I thought their coaching staff between Rivera, uh, Biennemi, and Jack Del Rio was one of the better coaching staffs in football. And look how that turned out for me. They beat Denver coming back from 21 to 3 on my birthday. Oh, Oh, man. Moment of silence. Anyway, so yeah, so this is my team that I think is probably the most improved personally for me from the beginning of, from the offseason to now. Uh, Number three is the Eagles. Uh, The Eagles I had as the second best team in the NFC coming into the season. Uh, I think they are still convincingly there. And that's what them realistically getting off to a slow start if you go player by player basis. But even as their normal guys who you expect to round into shape, remember working on trimesters here, as the guys you expect to round into shape, Darius Slay, the secondary, uh, Jalen Hurts who hasn't had a quote unquote great or breakout game yet, um, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, like you expect these guys 
who by the time they're at by the time they get to play enough games their averages will start to be more like their career averages Jalen Hurts isn't going to not throw for 200 yards the entire season like you expect them to get back there they're still 2-0 with a lot of guys quote-unquote underperforming or not meeting expectations and man Jalen Carter is worth every fucking penny they said everything they talked about and I was very not critical but I was very uh what's the word for it I was very skeptical of all of the Jalen Carter stuff coming out of training camp where they were basically saying, you know, he was just with one arm pushing grown men out of the way and no one could stop him. And he looked like, you know, the late great Deacon Jones and was just terrorizing everybody. But yeah, he looks like the late great Deacon Jones and he's terrorizing everybody. And he is single handedly as a rookie through two games. I know we don't give a lot of love to defensive tackles in this regard, but Who's had a better first two-game stretch from that position in the NFL in the last 25 years? I mean, he is blowing plays up. He damn near single-handedly shut down New England's running game, gave Mac Jones hell, and then even against the uh, Minnesota Vikings. He was in the backfield more than any other Eagle defender, and I understand Kirk Cousins statistically had a good game, but Jalen Carter, through the first two weeks, he has been giving everybody that's lined up against him hell. So I thought the Eagles were the second best team coming into the end of, in, second best team in the NFC coming into the season, and I still feel very strong about that. They're about halfway down the hallway already, meaning I don't. So the way my hallway works, for those of you that are new, is if this is the door, right? So this is the or let's do this. This is the door, right? And so we have teams on the outside; they can't get quite in. Then you got uh, the Ravens, who are just barely in the beginning of the hallway. The Cowboys, who are a few steps farther down the hallway, everyone's walking down here. And the Eagles are about halfway. So I think there is a difference between where the Eagles, the Cowboys, and Ravens are. Eagles are about halfway down my hallway. If you don't know the hallway, if you ever played Super Mario 64 as a kid, I know the staircase never ended until you got enough stars. The hallway is very similar, and the grand star at the end is obviously the Lombardi Trophy, and it's how close I think these teams are. Just ahead of the cheat or just ahead of the Eagles in the hallway, just a little over halfway, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know they're one and one. I know they lost to Detroit on opening day. This was the easiest team in the world for me personally to give an opinion on. As long as 15 is playing, as long as 15 is under center, you could say what you want. You could bring up any stat. You could bring up any number. You could sit there and talk about however you want. Spin your words. Get a storyline. Get a headline. You can do whatever the hell you want. As long as 15 is under center, nobody confidently feels they are better than the Kansas City Chiefs. I said this for the preview. When the Patriots were dominant, and they were, 20 years nine Super Bowls went to six one all that stuff even though they're winning on those Super Bowls they never felt like they were just besides an 07 just clearly better than everybody the Chiefs when they're rolling feel clearly better than everybody I understand they only got 17 points last week with Kelsey coming back but now they got Chris Jones and like I said as long as 15's under center you don't feel no one really feels like they're better than them Except maybe one team. And that is a team that I think right now is three-fourths down the hallway. Uh, they're about as close as you can get without getting those final couple of stars. And that's the San Francisco 49ers. We have to start talking about the 49ers in this respect. Not that – I think they're clearly the best roster top to bottom in the NFL. 
we got to start talking about if this two to three year run with this core intact, is this potentially one of the best rosters in NFL history? And I know because they don't have a Super Bowl, no one's going to jump out and say, oh, yeah, they definitely are. But I mean, when you look at like position by position, core group by core group, they arguably are going to have a Hall of Famer at every level by the time this is all said and done. Their safety, who I can never say his name, and I apologize. Fred Warner at linebacker. Nick Bosa in the defensive line. Trent Williams on the offensive line. Debo Samuel as receiver. Christian McCaffrey as a running back. I'm not going to say their quarterback's potentially going to be a Hall of Famer. Brock Purdy's still too young, and he's like they don't ask him to do a lot. But like, think about it. But if they win a couple Super Bowls with him on this rookie contract, he's going to get consideration at least. So I looked at every every single level. There's arguably a Hall of Fame. A guy who's going to end up there when this is all said and done. How many rosters all time have that? Think about it. How many rosters all time have potentially a guy at every level who might make the Hall of Fame? Yes, they're going to need two bulls if they want to be in that consideration. But it's clearly, to me, the best roster in the NFL. Clearly the best team in the NFL. They can dominate in so many ways. Guys can have off games and guys can get picked up. If Debo's not playing great, Ayuk's there. If neither of them are playing great, Kittle's there. Oh, by the way, I forgot to talk about George Kittle as a tight end. I, I just Receiver group, I just threw in uh, Samuel. Like, their O-line, they have three or four. If Trent Williams, who is an all-pro best left tackle in the game, if maybe he's having a down game, which really doesn't happen, they have three or four quality Pro Bowl level offensive linemen. Defensive the defensive line, if Bosa doesn't get any pressure, Hargrave's getting pressure. Like they've got good corners, they've got a great safety. Fred Warner linebacker. Like there's just like the 49ers are the best team in football. Like they're just the best team in football. So they are the closest to the inevitable star down hard fouls hallowed hallway now let's spin to the worst team in football um did the cardinals pick like the best year ever to tank and and i want you not just because caleb williams is in the draft and that's obviously the team there that's obviously the guy who's going to go number one overall if the cardinals get the pick that's who they're getting right but who's their competition to tank? Who's their competition to only win two, three games maybe? This isn't a situation like last year where we had, hilariously in Week 17, the Texans win a game, which cost them the first overall pick. Like, I don't think it's going to be that close. I think the Cardinals are the worst team by a mile. Like, let, let's, let's, be, let's be simple here. Ready? Let's go division by division. Who in the East is potentially going to lose enough games to match the Cardinals? Nobody. The Dolphins, the Dolphins and Bills, we think are playoff teams. The Jets, we believe, is a play that defense is going to win you five or six games by itself. And the Patriots, Belichick's not winning two or three games. In the West, the Raiders, who are uh, they're leading the division. The Chiefs, obviously not. The Chargers, Herbert. And the Broncos, I, I know it looked bad on Sunday, but the Broncos aren't winning two or three games. The North, the Ravens, 
they're 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 gonna be a playoff team. The Steelers look well offensively, not, but Steelers are going to be competitive. Mike Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons. The Browns, hell, even if they did, they want to be in the quarterback business. And you got to assume when you have Miles Garrett, Amari Cooper, it's really unfortunate what happened to Nick Chubb. But then the nasty man at quarterback, well, I don't think he'll ever be a pro bowler again. I think that's at least a five or six win team. And the Bengals, even if Burrow goes down, have enough talent. And Burrow's not going to miss the whole season. They're, they're getting eight or nine wins, even on a, a bad year. The Texans and Colts have promising rookie quarterbacks. You see C.J. Stroud just threw for 380 yards. Anthony Richardson looks as dynamic as advertised. The Titans, they're one-on-one. Look just like, you know, Mr. Consistent. Derrick Henry's going to do Derrick Henry thing. Mike Vrabel, well, way, way too well coached. The Jaguars obviously have Trevor Lawrence. The NFC East is all great. The West... Who in their division is got? We thought the Rams were going to be the team that were uh, potentially going to be in consideration for the worst team in football, and the Rams look pretty good through two weeks. We also got a story about the Rams on the other side of this. The North, the Packers, Jordan Love looked really good. The Lions, that's a very popular that's a very popular playoff pick. The Vikings. Yeah, I know nobody loves Kirk Cousins, but they're not winning three or four games. The Bears are tricky, but I don't think that this Justin Fields we've seen in the first two weeks, I do think there is going to be a rebound here. Uh, I said he is potential. Like I was, I started to join the Justin Fields MVP hype train. I'm not willing to sell all my stock on that yet. If you have Justin Fields MVP stock and you want to sell after two weeks, sell it to me. I got it. Falcons look much better than we thought. The Saints are 2-0. The Buccaneers with Baker Mayfield are 2-0. See, that's the thing. Even if you thought these teams, the Panthers might be a 3-4 or win team, but I even think the Panthers, Bryce Young showing flashes like they're going to win more games. Even if we think the Buccaneers are bad, do we think the Buccaneers are going winless last 15 weeks? Because the Cardinals might not win two games. So the Bucs already being at 2-0 might have already put themselves out of the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. So not only did the Cardinals pick the best year in terms of prospect to be terrible for, they might have picked the best year to be bad amongst their NFL peers. Because who else is going to be that bad? I'm not just I just thought about that. Like who who is going to be that bad? Good year to tank, man. Like I said. The Bears, if you wanna if you wanna buy the if you wanna sell the Justin Fields MVP stock, if you wanna go from in a month, Justin Fields can be MVP to know the Bears are only gonna win two games because he's that bad. I know the one play that's circulating on Twitter of him looking, not seeing anybody, and then running face first into an NFL defensive lineman. I get it, it doesn't look good. But if you've got Justin Fields MVP stock and you wanna sell after two weeks, sell it here. I'll buy it at low price and we'll we'll come back to this in six weeks. Got a story on the Rams I want to talk about when we come back. This is Hard Foul Radio. Spence. Nigga, where am I going? Drop the foe with my cup, now I'm floating. I can't feel a thing to be real, I just go through the motions. Where am I going? Nigga, I'm in deep like the ocean. I've been in my bag, everybody around me, I'm ghosting. Where am I going? 
Drop the foe in my cup, now I'm floating. I can't feel a thing to be real, I just go through the motions. Where am I going? And we are back to close out the show today. Uh, <clears throat> Chris Carter, the great NFL Hall of Fame wide receiver, and I've brought this up several times. 99% of guys are system players. Even the ones that you think are great, they're system players. And boy, every year it's like you just get a really prime example of what that looks like and what that means. So there's all these things on Twitter. All these sports uh, media outlets are coming out and saying, how did anybody, how, how did they take 17 wide receivers before Puka Nakua? I think you could answer that question. And I don't want to be disrespectful. I don't want to sit there and do the, the normal trope thing of like saying his name incorrectly and then, you know, rolling your eyes and acting like it's not a big deal. Like, look, he's in the perfect situation for him. Sean McVay, despite the Rams being terrible last year, is a top two, top three offensive minded personnel in the NFL. This man's two years removed from a Super Bowl. He's really, really good at what he does. He's really good at getting, scheming guys open. This is why Cooper Cup had one of the greatest receiving seasons in NFL history, and no one thinks Cooper Cup is in the top five to ten receivers ever. No one thinks, I don't think most people think Cooper Cup's a Hall of Famer, despite what he did that year. And all they've done is they've plugged, and Cooper is a system player, despite how great that year was ending in a Super Bowl for them. And Puka's come in with no Cooper Cup because he's hurt. And he's basically taken over that role. 25 catches, 100 plus yards in both games. It looks great. But don't sit there and make these headlines and put out these articles of how did people pass on him? Oh, he looks so great. He does not look anywhere close to this in any other offensive scheme, system, playbook, other than the Los Angeles Rams, and other than with Sean McVay. That's the reality. He does not look like this with literally anybody else. Happy for him. Looks great. Might win Offensive Rookie of the Year. But don't act like if he was in Atlanta, or if he was in Tennessee. Hell, even if he was on other good teams, if he was on the Niners, he was on the Eagles. He wouldn't have these numbers. This is a product of what Sean McVay, with a good quarterback to can play at great quarterback levels, Matthew Stafford, can do in an NFL offense when you have one of the most brilliant offensive minds we've probably ever seen running the show. Respectfully, this is not a story about Puka overcoming the odds and becoming one of the best receivers in football. He's a system player, like 99% of guys who enter the NFL, even the great ones. He doesn't have these stats. He doesn't have these yards. He doesn't have these numbers. He doesn't have this kind of production. He's not even... I don't know if you want to say he's a household name yet, but he isn't, he's not getting these articles or these headlines or these tweets or talked about if he's on any other team in the league. I guarantee you. Really good system player, and he found a really good system to fit in with. But this isn't a story about how 
GMs were wrong and they took 17 other wide receivers before him and it's not going to turn into Tom Brady or Amon Ross St. Brown for the line. Like, it's, this isn't one of those. This is match made in heaven. This is perfect system, perfect offensive coordinator, perfect quarterback. Because we've seen, and I know this is comparison is going to be really, really unfair. We've seen what it looks like when it's non-system player gets with great system. Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, break every numbers imaginable. Jerry Rice still has numbers that receivers can't touch. We've seen what it looks like. Great player gets with a great system. Patrick Mahomes gets Andy Reid. It's un- it looks unfair at times. Wins multiple Super Bowls. Makes it to multiple Super Bowls. Wins MVP. Puts up all these multiple MVPs. Puts up all these crazy numbers. This? This is good player. Great coach. Great system. Perfect match. But I promise you, I don't care if he catches 137 passes for 1,800 yards and does essentially what Cooper Cup did two years ago is just slightly less. This is a system player who's in the perfect system, whose numbers have really no choice but to come down once Cup comes back in two to three weeks. Happy for him. It's a great story. But this isn't a story about GMs messing up. This isn't a story about teams passing on him. This is good player, great system. Nothing more, nothing less. With that being said, appreciate everybody for listening today. This is Hard File Radio, the show that values time. I value mine. You should value yours. And I will see you tomorrow.